And welcome back to another RC podcast. Today, our guest is Sherry Mata, who is the future Prime Minister of Canada. Oh my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so ah, Sherry and I have been working together a couple years in residence at UBC, where we started off working uh, for or volunteering with an organization up there, and then we became staff members there as resident advisors. But Sherry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm Sherry. Um, I just finished my third year at UBC with Ryan, um, except I'm in the Faculty of Arts and I'm studying political science and I might be minoring in history, but I got an email today that we're like like introducing this Middle Eastern Studies department, so that seems kind of fun. I might do that. I don't know, but that's me. It's been a pleasure to know you for the past two and a bit years, so thank you for having me on your show i'm excited yeah no problem at all so yeah sherry's a political science major uh but she's also uh part of an immigrant family right so would you like to tell us a little bit about that experience what it's been like growing up uh yeah. with your family in canada because you guys are persian so tell us a bit more about that yeah so um we're Persian. We're from Iran. People usually like get it confused being Persian, being Iranian. There's like a slight difference. You could be both or you could be like Iranian and not Persian, if that makes sense. I was born in Iran. I came in on five. So I was raised in Canada. Thank God. Um, I love Canada. Um, it's like my home. So I don't know, like what kind of specific questions do you want me to answer? <laughs> What do you well, want to know? <laughs> well, I guess like, I was very young when I yeah. came here. So what was that like moving to a different country then when you're younger, kind of you're about five, six when you moved here yeah. and it's like just a completely different country. I mean, from my understanding, I've never been to uh, Iran, but I've, yeah. you know, I've seen I the news and I everything. I hope I can take you one day, right? It's honestly so pretty. So many people are like interested in going and it's so lovely there, but I mean, I heard that we don't develop any, like, cognitive, like, memory until we're, like, three. So I would say that I don't remember Iran as, like, when I was raised there because I used to go every year after we came here. That's, like, what I remember. But as a kid, like, I, my first memories are not even in Iran because before we came to Canada, we went to Europe for a little bit, just, like, a couple months. Or I don't really actually know how it works. But, mm-hmm. like, my first memories are, like, of, like, Italy. So, like, <laughs> Italy? I don't Those are remember Iran memories. as a kid. It is, thank God. Um, but it was, yeah, I was five years old, um, five years old, one month, and I think like 19 days, because we came on May 21st, 2004, so it's been 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I would say that day that we came here, like, changed my, like, the course of my life forever, because, like, imagine if I didn't come here, I wouldn't have gone to UBC, which is, like, such a good university. I wouldn't have met everyone. I wouldn't have been able to do all like the experiences that I did. So it's been great. Um, I've like personally never like really viewed myself as like an outsider per se. And I guess I'm like lucky for not having to have like a negative experience because I was like raised here. I went to like all my school here. I met like everyone here in English, even though it's like the second language that I learned, it's my like my language like I cannot speak like I speak French mm-hmm. better than I speak Farsi basically <laughs> so <laughs> it's been interesting I think it was a lot more uh, like a different experience for my parents than it was mm-hmm. for me and I like don't think I'll ever really be understand like 
the difficulties and the sacrifices that they had to make coming here. So I just do my best to like live up to their challenge, not challenge, live up to their expectations because I mean, it's really hard in that age to like completely change your life and go to like a completely mm-hmm. different culture. And like for me, I was raised in it. So it was like, it was just like, there was no like difficulty I that I remember. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple points there. I mean, first off, like, yeah, a lot of people, um, when they think about uh, people who are like, say, immigrated here to Canada, a lot of people don't think of them as Canadian, but you yourself say you've never felt like an outsider, that you've always like you feel Canadian. And I think that's great. I think that's well, something that is, needs to be promoted more. We have to more. understand yeah. what is the definition of a Canadian? Because is it like the like Aboriginal, like Native mm-hmm. people to Canada? Or is it everyone else that has come here? Or is it a mixture of both? I mean, like, to be yeah. honest, like, I, I think Canada, like, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like Canada's so multicultural. Like, I think Canada's so accepting, I would say. I think I would have had a different experience if I was living down south <laughs> in a neighboring country. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> a few differences there. so, like, accepting and open. And, like, everyone that I see is just, I don't know, like, it's so multicultural. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's like still issues. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, there's still have issues. But another thing you pointed out was how you kind of want to live up to your parents' expectations. And I have heard from a lot of friends who've had parents uproot their lives to come to Canada. How that's kind of been one of their biggest motivations to um, kind of try and uh, yeah, just live up to their parents' ex- expectations to do yeah. well in school, to yeah. be successful. And it, that's like like that's something when I've talked to friends who whose parents grew up here too, like my own parents as well, that's never kind of been ingrained into our own minds. We never really talk mm-hmm. about living up to their expectations, but it's so cool and interesting seeing how just where your parents, whether they came here um, to immigrate or whether they were born here, kind of like the mindset a lot of uh, children have of how mm-hmm. to kind of honor their f- parents and their family. Mm-hmm. And it's really yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, you like you've seen me. I'm quite like ambitious. Like I do mm-hmm. want to make a person out of myself, and I don't know if that's just like a personality trait or if that's mm-hmm. like as a result of seeing what my parents have like lost and have to like sacrifice in order to be here. Where in the back of my head, I'm like, if I don't make something or someone out of myself, and I if I don't try like my best to be so important that actually like makes a difference in this world, then like what was the point of all like their difficulties and like I mean like a parent's love for the child is so like I won't understand yeah. it until you know way later on but like it's it's a lot of pressure and and I I don't know if I was like I pretty can't talk to you about this but like it's very hard for me to feel satisfied with what I'm doing until I get like my parents's like approval or like praise mm-hmm. of what I'm doing and it's very hard because also like when you look at your parents and they were like huge people like back in their home country like huge people (laughs) they come here and I mean like when they were back home and they were doing all these like great things um it's really hard to compare with yourself it's like okay I'm really not like reaching Mm -hmm. like by the time my dad was my age he was doing like this and this and this and then I'm like well what am I doing (laughs) so it's hard it's like a lot of reflective work but 
I think it's good motivation to keep going and keep trying and yeah, I don't know if it's like a immigrant thing or if it's just me. I'm quite that's just like uh, kind of something I've seen. And I think you, yeah. you're just like more appreciative of your parents. And I think a lot of people whose family has been growing up here for generations have kind of lost that appreciation, right? I think yeah. that's something we kind of, because we, we just grew up here. We, um, our parents, like they never uprooted their lives. Um, they never had to change professions drastically, mm-hmm. right? So I think we've kind of, lost that appreciation though for our parents because we've yeah. never seen them struggle and i'm sure a lot of families have gone through struggles but we just don't see them they're not as visible so i think that's like always something yeah. we can always all work on yeah, a little bit more sure. is appreciation the degree of like what every family goes through is like so different like that's what i'm saying like in my experience i feel like we were very lucky and fortunate for how things turned out for us but there's like so many people that have to like literally like cross oceans like do so many things in order to get here and I think there's also a factor of like gratitude within us like I like one of the things I've been really trying to work on the past like being a bit is to really be more grateful and content with what there is and I think like as a kid because we used to go back to Iran like every summer or like every spring or whatever you know seeing that difference of lifestyle and also just like through our education system like the things that we learn about different parts of the world it really puts into perspective like how well Canada is doing in some aspects mm-hmm. and how much um, amazing opportunities we have here in relation to different things so I think that really like instilled like a different sense of like being proud to have been given the opportunity of Canada and I love Canada so much <laughs> yeah I, yeah. I think we're all really lucky to be living in a place like Canada. I love really, it here. Yeah. Not saying there's not stuff we can still work on, but. Oh, for sure. There's a, yeah, there's always room for improvement, but I love that already, like in some aspects of important stuff, I would say, I mean, everyone has a different definition of what's important, but mm-hmm. in my terms, <laughs> it's been quite good. And like, again, like going back to what I was saying, but when you learn about all of like different things that are happening in different parts of the world, it makes you want to work harder to not like end up like that basically mm-hmm. and to make the best situation that you can for yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's people that work way harder than me. Like, honestly, I don't <laughs> want to sound like I'm doing like everything, but I'm doing the best, but there's, yeah. Oh, there's always going to be someone working harder than you. You're never going to be the person working the hardest, but also yeah. in the end, you have to be able to also balance like, not just like your work ethics, but also personal relationships mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause um, I think a lot of people really like uh, they p- want to pursue greatness so much that that's all they work at. Right. That's all they work. They work on mm-hmm. their eth- work ethics. They work on their contributions and everything. And then they don't work on uh, personal relationships and mm-hmm. other things like that, that are more needed for you to have a healthy mindset. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, but yeah, well yeah. yeah. but now let's go into kind of you're in a poli sci major and let's kind of talk about what led you I there am. yeah i mean you love poli sci i you never just... thought yeah i do um yeah i oof, when i was in high school um i went through different stages of like what i wanted to be and i think in middle school i was really about like pursuing like fine arts in terms of either and sort of artistic thing or like architecture interior design I just want to be a fashion designer for a really long time too <laughs> I know surprisingly but now I just dress well <laughs> instead of doing like the designing aspects but 
in high school, I remember I was really set on either being a nurse or a teacher. All I ever wanted to do, like, with my life and what I end up is just to help people in one way or another. Like, as a nurse, I was like, I will help people, like, with their health, like, directly. Um, and as a teacher, I'm like, you're, you have such a big responsibility to educate so many people and, like, raise them to be prepared for, like, this world. And both things were very important because, like, I can help so many people and educate them and make them understand, like, different things and, like, open their mindset. So, and I had a really good personal relationship with a lot of my teachers in high school. Like, I still talk to them every now and then. I sometimes, like, text them, like, we'll meet up. It's really, it's really great. I mean, obviously, Corona's happening, so I haven't seen them in a while, <laughs> but I had a really good relationship with my teachers, and they really helped me kind of figure out what it is that I want to do, and it seemed like I was going to be pursuing um, a major in history with a minor in French because I wanted to be, like, a French immersion teacher, so they kind of ran through all the different requirements that we, and that was the plan. Um, until I came to UBC, and it was um, turn two, poly 100, 10 a.m. class with Professor Erickson, <laughs> legend, he is a legend, I can tell you there are so many people that have done poly because of him, and he's, yeah, so he was teaching poly 100, and first day of lecture, um, I had no idea what to expect from like a political science course. I had like no idea what this was going to be about. And I had already taken a lot of history class in my first year and I was very interested by it. But I remember I sat down with some friends that I had met in first term and some people like in res. And it was just, it, the way he spoke about it in the first lecture, it was so motivational. It was so um, uplifting. He was talking about how like being at UBC like a top like what like 30 university in the world mm -hmm. we are part of like the educational like elite of the world and the big responsibility that we have to make sure the next generation fixes a lot of things improves on a lot of things and for me when I was sitting in that lecture political science just answered all the questions that I had about like day-to-day -day stuff how things function why people were the way that they were why we don't like some certain things, why we really like certain things, and just a lot of stuff about society and the way that our society functions. It just, it answered everything, and I was so blown away because I didn't think I was going to do poli-sci, and from that point, I was like, okay, I think poli-sci is the way to go for me to be able to understand a lot of things, and it kind of shifted my logic because I said, all I want to do is help people, and now I'm like, I can help people through policy making, making policies that help more people that are more beneficial, you know, tweak some stuff in the system to make it work better. So I was like, I want to be the, the, like the motor oil that runs the motor of a car, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's how I chose PolySci. And I was still going to do a minor in French just so I can keep the doorway open in case I do want to do teaching. But at this point, um I was like I think I have a lot more potential within me to do much larger scale changements in our society and like I'm very I'm very patriotic like I love Canada oh I was gonna join the military I don't know if you know this you're gonna join the military I was so like I was like <laughs> I want to like <laughs> work for my country and I want to do this and that and I was like considering like joining the military for like a small period and I don't know if it's because I was watching all these like <laughs> combat movies and I was yeah. not like really into it or what but I just yeah that's how I chose Polly but 
well, yeah, so I was going to do friends. <laughs> but then I'm not doing friends anymore. I dropped yeah. that minor out. I was like, nope. <laughs> I have too much <laughs> untapped potential. <laughs> and I can do great things. And I don't know. I believe that I can. So I, I hope I will one day. Mm-hmm. Well, for people who do not know what Sherry is like, <laughs> That was one of the biggest surprises <laughs> I've ever heard of Sherry thinking about joining the military. Not it's this. Not that surprising, is it? I just think knowing you personally and, <laughs> and knowing who, friends who are part of the reserves and part of the military, you're not uh, exactly <laughs> part of that. Yeah, not exactly part of that generalization of yeah. what the military is of who joins the military but i love breaking stereotypes man yeah i try to be different (laughs) yeah and that yeah and that's so awesome and i also really appreciate you just sharing your motivation i think a lot of people forget that there's a lot of people in politics who you might disagree with them and everything but there's a lot of people in there whose motivation really is just to make the world a better place to help people out I think that's something we need to kind of remember. So you might disagree with people on I different know so things. So many people yeah. hate politicians. I mean, yeah, uh, so many people are mm-hmm. so. Uh, hopefully, I break that stereotype someday. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, that changes. Well, I think something that would be useful is if we had more politicians do stuff like this, where they just open up more and become more personal, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times politicians always kind of feel distant right because it's it's really hard um and that's why i'm not even sure if i want to be prime minister because (laughs) it's very hard to pass laws and make Mm -hmm. things move it takes a very long time you need a lot of people involved and so i'm more into being a minister um minister of international development hopefully (laughs) um is a way that I think you'll be able to do more. And even like local office or provincial government stuff is all very like attractive because, mm-hmm. you know, when you have it, you'll be able to do more direct stuff for that specific like geographic and demographic of people that you, you would be responsible for. Yeah. yeah. So, so because you're in poli sci and you have classes with a lot of other poli sci students, do you have, mm-hmm. do you ever have students or you're talking with and who worry about, going into politics mainly because it is so some not I wouldn't say controversial but polarizing in a sense where as soon as you uh let one policy idea go into the public then all of a sudden opinions are either really positive for you or really negative for you depending on the demographic of people do you ever have people worrying about just like how people will view them um Honestly, I haven't ran into anyone like that. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be a concern among people. Yeah. Just because also a lot of people in poli side, like, I, like myself as well, we're all still considering, like, law school. Yeah. <laughs> which is what a lot of people are planning to do with poli sci, or at least, like, it's an option. And I know it was definitely an option for me. Still there, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, and the thing about poli sci is that even with any like university degree at this point, it's very just important to have a degree. And a lot of stuff that my professors have told me is that to not be so fixated that you will like end up doing poly, like the close mm-hmm. science related work for the rest of your life. Because like the reality is that what they, the way that they made it sound was that, you know, once you have a degree, you have a lot more of, um, what's it called? Flexibility. 
yes, flexibility with what you do want to do. So I'm not sure if everyone in PolySize is planning to do politics per mm-hmm. se, because I mean, political science is just so, so big, so many yeah. things, so many things that you could do with it. So that doesn't seem to be a concern. I guess that's always something I've always wondered, like if people worry about that, just seeing how the arena is like, but like you said, like, honestly, a degree uh, doesn't really map out your future for like your yeah. career. Like a degree in physics yeah. doesn't mean for me that I'm going to be going into something specific to physics. And there's yeah. a lot of people who are looking at degrees just to kind of get that experience, but then go into something completely different, which I think yeah, is great. It's what you do with your degree that matters, right? Yeah, like I, I talk to people in Solder who aren't doing it to go into business, but to go into nonprofit work and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's one thing I definitely learned because I think in high school, like you just think that like the degree you're going to get is what you're doing for the rest of your life. But it's, mm-hmm. it's really not like that. It, there's so many opportunities. There's so, there's so many yeah. different positions that haven't even been created yet. Like, you know, it's so, it's so fun, like thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's awesome just thinking about like how many different career opportunities or paths yeah. you can go after you finish your bachelor's or any other yeah. post-secondary degree. Like there are so many opportunities. There's just there's not just one, right? So it's really also, fascinating. Like, we're in such a globalizing world that you might not even end up like working in Canada, you know? Like you could yeah. be anywhere in the world doing some really cool work. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, one of your biggest passions though is sustainability. Now, I remember when we were part of council, you (laughs) and Max would be the two biggest voices on sustainability, making sure, yeah, that we were just like any event that we planned, anything we were organizing that we had some sustainability factors in there that we weren't just wasting materials. And for me, I definitely really appreciated it because personally myself, whenever planning events in the past, that was never my biggest priority or even something I kept in mind a lot but because of your some of your actions it got me thinking more and more about how we can be more sustainable and everything so i thought that was just great and you definitely had a big impact on myself in that arena i'm glad yeah why don't you tell us a bit more um i'm such a strong believer for like advocating for this kind of stuff because it's not like mother nature um has like a a voice per se Mm -hmm. um and i think with our generation we're so fortunate to have people who are so passionate about this kind of stuff who are so educated who have so many amazing skills and amazing ideas to figure out how to help our planet like our home like what are we going to do without her right so <laughs> i think my passion and um, just mostly being informed about the stuff that was happening definitely happened in high school um i think grade 11 like i said i had a really close relationship with my teachers and they had such a big impact and i don't remember exactly the turning point but i remember i just was so upset with a lot of the stuff that was happening in the world and i was so upset over different things and i kept thinking to myself like like why is this still happening do people not know are they choosing to like ignore it and it's it's still really hard to deal with and I oh and I could like really get into it but I remember I just personally started taking actions to try to it wasn't just about the earth at this point it was also about like unfair labor um and 
you know, like unethical like deals being made. So I, that's why I don't drink coffee. Um, and I like totally stopped in grade 11 and grade 12 because I just found it a very hard, it's like very hard labor to do mm-hmm. to grow it and produce it. And I never felt that like brands and companies were actually making fair deals with these um, people like in villages and stuff. So I tried my best. And of course, there's so many industries that are like just as, that have just as many like negative impacts but like on my part I'm trying to take like a step every year towards being better I guess mm-hmm. um so I mean it's like even tea or like dairy animals like there's just there's so many things happening but basically high school is when I stopped doing that I stopped drinking milk and eggs and cut red meat and I I just learned about like the amount of methane gas that like cows produce and Mm -hmm. I was really aware about the water consumption of growing crops for animals and just like the water that they needed to grow and oh okay so in grade 12 you have to do um this thing called a stimulate which is I think like a 10 minute talking conversation just to prove that all these years of French immersion like you're able to communicate and I did mine about water and that's where I got really hyped because I was doing so much research about it I was reading into it and we're like exploiting our our aquifers I believe they're called and that's when my whole thing started because I was really concerned about our water consumption um and then later that translated into um like animal rights and animal cruelty and then like the ethicalness of (laughs) businesses Mm -hmm. um and when I came to UBC I was so happy because our campus does a lot I think in comparison um in the right direction and try to like really uh really what's the term I want to say like really (laughs) they're really focused yeah about it um so I found it important that uh we advocate to make sure that every single thing that we do is not um bearing an additional burden on the planet Mm -hmm. thank god like max was also the same and this is stuff that I was learning in my like poly classes about the situation that we're in and the point that we've like reached it was very scary and I was like even if I'm one person (laughs) or two in our case um it's better than no one right I was like even if we make a little bit change even if we try to not use like plastic at our events or if we try to not have any garbage like results from our events that's still a step forward and I think if we continue doing this then it will build more momentum and make bigger change but I mean yeah I'm just like a person that I'm yeah. trying my best so well, like and if you, anyone just yeah. tries their best it'll make a difference eventually yeah and like you said like uh you hope that you gain momentum and I mean I can just speak for myself because of your actions I try and think more sustainability wise now i mean i definitely haven't taken some of the steps you've taken still eat red meat although i make sure i don't eat it too often yeah i try and prioritize uh meats like chicken as much as i can uh but and i drink a ton of coffee like a lot (laughs) like sometimes i'll try and see if i can find fair trade coffee but a lot of the times in the morning, I'm just so groggy that I mm-hmm. do not really care, which is on me. Yeah. I just kind of like, I need to get some sort of bit of caffeine in me. So that's something you I can definitely there. I mean, go work on. Everyone, like, you got to do what works, like, for mm-hmm. your lifestyle, I guess. And, like, just because you, like, drink coffee doesn't mean, like, you're not mm-hmm. um, 
doing things in other aspects of your life, right? Like, um, one thing I'm trying to focus on, and you probably know this, is like, I buy a lot of clothing. <laughs> and <laughs> even like the carbon emissions, like associated with transporting clothing around the world, because I'm pretty sure most of the stuff from Zara is made in like Bangladesh or like India yeah. or some met, some are in like Morocco, Turkey, Kenya, from what I've noticed on like the tags. And I mean, yes, I don't drink coffee and I don't eat red meat, but where's my clothing coming from, right? Like, I'm pretty sure there's still like sweatshops associated with it. So like, I'm nowhere near perfect, but I'm trying to be a lot more conscious about how I can still keep minimizing mm-hmm. what I do. And the one class I was taking last year was Poly 351 with brilliant professor Catherine Harrison, life-changing. I owe her so much, but just thinking about carbon emissions the production the transportation like associated with moving stuff around the world is like astronomical like yeah. it's mind-blowing and how they're divided between territories and who claims it like as part of like the Paris Agreement you have to there's like caps on who can do what and trading emissions between countries is mm-hmm. it's a very like complex network of stuff very yeah. hard <laughs> yeah and like something that I've been kind of curious about lately just yeah. due to COVID is if this uh, eventually when this ends, if we'll actually be seeing some of these uh, methods of work coming back over to North America, because a lot of uh, what's produced overseas isn't being transported here um, in kind of the bulk that people are used to. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of products that people have not been able to get their hands on. For example, this is not to do with like clothing or anything, but Nintendo mm-hmm. Switches. I've been trying to buy a <laughs> Nintendo Switch for a while because uh-huh. I'm bored at home and I haven't been able to because they're <laughs> yeah. made overseas and they're having yeah. trouble shipping them over. But I'm just kind of thinking like, will this kind of make people realize like maybe we need to localize a lot more of these industries so that a lot more things are produced over here back in Canada. That's something I've been just kind of thinking yeah. of in my head. I mean, there's a lot of things that you've got to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. I think this goes really perfect with my other class that I was taking, Poly 366, with another amazing professor, Robert Farkash. Also, wow, this term was just like <laughs> life-changing for me. But that was international political economy, and that worked so well with my other class, which is about environmental politics, and the two mm-hmm. together is the like where that's where I want to be working I want to be like working and thinking and talking about like international politics in terms of like environmental stuff I don't even know global environmental international economics Mm -hmm. that's a big term but that's the like that's the realm of stuff that I want to be working but when you have like your question you have to talk about like, you know, there's so many multinational corporations in play that have to do, like, outsourcing, offshoring, that kind of stuff in order to bring, like, the cost down for the consumers. Um, so that's, like, a question. But also, like, emissions are a big deal. Like, because, like, territorial emissions, the way that it works is the country is responsible for the consumption of those emissions. Um, and like the other countries responsible for like the transportation and like taking the carbon out so Mm -hmm. it's it's a very like complex web and one of the questions for my final was like how do you see policies regarding climate change and environment uh, like environmental changing due to covid and i was like that's a very hard question to answer because you know we're still in our undergrad we're still learning and Mm -hmm. 
like I don't know what it's going to look like but like we don't know is there going to be more priority on policies is there going to be more priority on um, fixing the economy after this but what we've seen in the past years is that the economy will has always trumped um environmental issues when like in like censuses and stuff when they ask like like the population what the most important thing that people will be like economy like healthcare education like environment like you know stuff like that so mm-hmm. i don't know if environment will ever really come on top i hope that it does um but yeah, yeah. that was really long sorry i like no. rambled no that's fine that was <laughs> i don't great. know if that made sense <laughs> oh i i was really that yeah, it made sense don't worry i was listening okay. it all made sense now we're getting to kind of the end period so i thought we'd no. now we still got a little bit of time. So I thought now we could talk okay. a little bit more about spirituality. You and I have talked a lot. We talk about this a lot. <laughs> we do talk about it a lot. Um, whereas I'm Christian, you're kind of just right now in the position of trying, yeah, figuring stuff out. So why don't you tell us a bit more about that journey? For me, religion and spirituality are, um, for me, they're separate. Um, and I think in, in January, actually like 2020, early 2020 is when I really got into spirituality and in the sense of I was very much into like meditating and figuring out like my vibes (laughs) like my energies Mm -hmm. and like chakras and how to balance stuff and you know like I'm very much also like into holistic health approaches so I was thinking that this is something that could like help me clear out my mind I'm also like quite an anxious person so for me like meditation I would do guided ones in the beginning um, just like off of Spotify and it was so like so useful and my parents could see a difference in like how much more calm I was um, just because you know like January was a new year and there's like stuff that happened at the end of last year that I was like trying to like work on myself um, so that that's when I got really into spirituality however like religion has always been a part of my life um, like my whole family in Iran like everyone's Muslim um that's how I was I wasn't like raised religiously in any sense like I wouldn't really practice anything in particular um like we would still put up a tree for like Christmas but you know we wouldn't really like celebrate like Easter or anything unless you know like Easter eggs like hunting um and I never really understood like the differences between religion as a kid it was something I was really interested in but like even as being raised, like I have very open-minded parents. Like they're like thank God they're very they're very open-minded. They're very um, like respectful of like a lot of stuff, and they're very open to a lot of stuff. So I never really understood like the differences between um, the different religions, except for like obvious stuff about like believing like different gods and stuff like that. But this year and almost uh, last year is when I got really into like trying to understand it more and trying to educate myself about it more and last year in my poly 240 class and this is why I love poly because it has honestly changed my life in so many like different aspects but it was it was um what was it called like it was it was a political theory class and we're reading um writers like Nietzsche, Marx, Kant, Hegel, Plato, um stuff like that and a lot of the stuff that we're reading um was very eye-opening to me if that makes sense and it wasn't so much related to religion but it made me just think about how influential um 
these books and these like these um, like works of writing have been in society and it made me understand more about why people have certain uh, why people follow certain religions and like to what degree they are like committed to it I guess mm-hmm. for lack of other words so it's eye-opening for me to like understand um how people are like super into stuff because I was like well I'm super into this piece of writing by like Nietzsche or like mm-hmm. something written by Plato so imagine the weight that like the bible the Quran has on yeah. people so I was like I just was really much more like understanding of it um and then this year I took this history class about like um, Islamic history and it wasn't about like the religion per se but just kind of like the historical like developments and how it like spread through the world and different um like just different like episodes associated with it and it I don't know like I feel like the spirituality that I went through in January really opened my eyes to how beneficial um following like a certain religion can be for certain people Mm -hmm. so I think I'm a lot more understanding of it and a lot more like accepting um but like yeah like I would say that I'm yeah that's that's all I gotta say (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to put into words what I'm like thinking in my head oh I mean that's fair I mean my head's always got all kinds of words going through them and they sometimes don't come out properly but yeah, yeah, I don't know if that came out properly. <laughs> I know it did. And I really appreciated you kind of just talking about uh, works of writing that was really important to you and like how you relate that to like uh, holy books like the Quran and the Bible. Because like, yeah, the Bible for me is definitely something like that I, is really important to me that I learn a lot from, uh, especially now in quarantine, because I uh, <laughs> have been struggling and being tested so much during now because I'm a very extroverted person. And being kind mm-hmm. of stuck at home has just kind of been it's testing hard. me a lot. So yeah. I, I've really appreciated a lot of the wisdom I've been finding in these texts yeah. as well. But I was going to say, like, being friends with you also had, like, an impact because, oh. like, you know, you're you're very, um, you, you know, like, you have beliefs and you follow them. And that was so, like, inspirational because I don't know anyone else that, is like in our age that has like that's so like educated about mm-hmm. um like a certain religion and you know does like their best so it's really eye-opening because I always for me I always just saw like older people as people who were super religious and mm-hmm. it was like so interesting and like because like we're also such like good friends that I was like so comfortable like asking you so many different questions and like understanding it more because I never really had anyone around me like being raised that would be able to answer the questions that I had yeah. so really interesting and you're like you're so like nice about it you know mm-hmm. oh thanks like, you've, like educated me a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. thanks about that I mean yeah. definitely though, like it's a different religion there's like still mm-hmm. so many like similarities so yeah well especially with all the Abrahamic religions so Judaism Christianity yeah. and Islam but yeah I mean that's definitely like always been a struggle for me like trying to be open about it because mm-hmm. like uh, at a school like UBC I know going through a lot of people's minds is kind of like they're kind of scared to open up about their individual faiths mm-hmm. right oh um, yeah people yeah people. it's an uncomfortable topic for some people mm-hmm. like you could even like right now I'm speaking about it and I'm like I don't even know if I'm educated enough to talk yeah. about it and but I've understood that like religion and even spirituality like it's it's 
all about you, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with the universe, or your relationship with a God, if you do believe in that. And it's, like, honestly, like, it's not really anyone's, like, business or place to judge you on how committed you are or how much you yeah. practice or what you do choose to practice or what you don't. And what, what I like to say and what I personally do remember, and I hope this doesn't, like, offend anyone in any way, but I like to remember that these, like, books were written a very long time ago for a very, like, for a certain society at that mm-hmm. time. And it's, like, just important to remember that we live in a very different society and a lot of things are different so just like you know keeping that in the back of my head is what yeah. i've been like trying to remember that yeah and that's actually great because there are for example like I, i'm very i'm only knowledgeable kind of with the bible definitely not like others like the quran but like yeah. you said they are written during different times and with different cultural um yeah texts, right so like you got to yeah. look at the context of why some of these passages are written and a lot of people don't look at the context they kind of just look at the verse themselves and it's a lot more than that like you could uh write uh a paper nowadays and then thousands of years ago thousands of years later uh it won't Mm -hmm. have the same meaning because you're not probably writing it in the same context right you're not reading it in the same context as they're supposed to be read in so that's something like people need to like kind of just yeah yeah, think about more. It's just like, why was this written? What's the context behind it? Is there other places I can go to research what times were like back then and why something yeah. like this is being written, which I think is really it's important. It's really hard because mm-hmm. also like nowadays, like um, especially like the views that people have about like Islam and being Muslim, it gets like often interpreted differently than the way that it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to be a little more open-minded and more yeah. understanding. Yeah, that goes for whether you're religious or whether you're not religious. It goes yeah. for all people. I know a ton of people yeah. who are not very open-minded and uh, yeah. they're all, they're, they consider themselves Christians. And sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I don't really agree with your stance on that. But yeah, yeah. so it's just, I think everyone could just be a little more open-minded, a little more yeah. loving and a little more understanding. Yeah, we need more love and more kindness, but it's been a fun I mean, I'm still on this journey. Like, I still don't really know where I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, like, believe in the power of the universe. That's for sure. Um, but I think it will take me, like, years to actually, like, yeah. understand and be educated about everything. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. Like, you're going on this own journey. It's your specific journey. There's no set time you're supposed to be on the journey for. There's no uh, mm-hmm. day you're supposed to start and no day you're supposed to end it. You're going to be on this journey for a long time many of us are. I'm mm-hmm. still on my own spiritual journey, even though I've come to decide uh, what faith I am, which is Christian. I'm still always learning. And I even try, I, I'm not doing the best job now, but I try to learn about other people's faiths to be fair about that. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to learn more about mine, you can always call me. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> we sure. We can always talk about that more. <laughs> yeah. But Sherry, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for Bye. appearing on this podcast i always appreciate talking to you and oh, i hope you. that corona ends soon enough that we can all meet up again and yeah. you know, hang out in person yeah yeah well oh. thank you for giving me this platform to talk yeah. yeah it was fun to you know chat and go through some stuff and yeah it's been a while yeah. since I, how long has it been it's been like two months that i've been from you it's, it's been yeah about two months in it's been a while kind of felt yeah, weird hopefully. 
hopefully soon <laughs> we'll see but yeah, yeah thank you for giving me the platform no problem and if you have any links you'd like to share any social media i've been offering people to share their sh- social media if they want to if you don't feel comfortable don't worry about it oh my god no my ig is public follow <laughs> me at sherry matta <laughs> you like to share your tiktok a lot of stuff no no <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, no, my TikTok is I haven't posted in so long. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but well, yeah, follow me on IG. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. And hopefully Thank we'll be you. back next week with another guest. And hopefully we can have you on again at some other time. Oh my god, yeah. Because we we eventually need to talk about um that other favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. That'll be a you fun want- conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Goodbye, Sherry. Goodbye, everyone.